How do you say you water? Spell, can water? You spell water? Can you spell water for me? Like there's two R's in this word. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, it's it's water. That's how you say it. And that's it. I don't get it. How else do you say it? Is it you say water? Schools in session. This is Recruiting Daily's Sourcing School Podcast. Real talk about recruiting, sourcing, and <clears throat> cyber sleuthing. Hot takes on sourcing tools, recruiting tech, and anything we want to talk about with no filter. It's time to level up and put your sourcing pants on. Here's your dudes, Ryan Leary and Brian Fink. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sourcing School with your host, Ryan Leary. And Brian, I really need a cheeseburger, Fink. We are excited to be here today, and we are excited to be joined, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, by the gentleman who actually preceded me at my at my tear-through rent path. We are joined by the lovely and talented the CEO of PeopleLift, Let's give it up for Tim, everybody. What's going on, Tim? How are you? What's up? Hey, hey, lovely and talented. You're going right for the blush factor here, man. That's what's up. That's <laughs> well, a nice you know, combo. You try, you give me a call after this? What's going on here, man? <laughs> I appreciate the beer. <laughs> oh, no, it's, I mean, you know, it's, if we got Valentine's Day in the air. You know, yeah, plans don't work out with Allie. I'm trying to make other moves. You know, it's, <laughs> that's what it is. It's all love here, man. It's all love. Happy to be here. I appreciate you having so we, me on here. We've got, we've got Fink. We've got you in some sort of an iPhone 12 Pro Max tunnel in the car somewhere because you're eating a cheeseburger. We've got Tim, who's chowing down on. Uh, what do you got there? What are you drinking? Nika whiskey coffee. So it said, come prepared on beverage. I was like, I need to get through the rest of the day and I need to have a little jolt. So here we go. Yeah. And I, and I come with water. What is that? Yeah. Ah, crazy. We're, all, we're all mismatched right here, but it's, I don't even follow. Let's make some magic. Water. Water. Kick it off. Can thing. you pronounce that word for me again? Can you pronounce that word for me again? Water. Water. How do you say you water? Spell, can water? You spell water? Can you spell water for me? Like there's two R's in this word. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, it's it's water. That's how you say it, and that's it. I don't get it. How else do you say? It? Is it you say water? What is water? Yes, I I, I say water. Give me a water. <laughs> All right, man, kick this thing off. All right, so real quick, Tim, you struck out on building something that is a different model in staffing and recruiting. I want to talk about that, but before we were before we were joking around while I was choking on my cheeseburger, we were talking about how it's been a weird January, how it's been a weird beginning of the year. And Ryan was like, yo, what's that about? So not to steal Ryan Leary's thunder because my wife accuses me of stealing his thunder. I'm gonna let Ryan lead. Yes, okay, baby. Please please continue. I, I don't have any questions. I don't know how to talk I don't know how to do this. Okay, so hey, we were talking about what's made it a weird January. Tim, what's made it a weird January? (laughs) Driving me right under the bus. Here we go. Uh, So, take it macro level, and then I'll go for my own team, and we can we can just see what we've seen in the marketplace. So, 
from an emotional standpoint, people are just tired. They're exhausted. I mean, in the talent acquisition space, there, it doesn't feel like there was a true break towards the end of the year because you're running hard to hit these goals. There was an exceptional mismatch in the marketplace, supply and demand. We, you see it everywhere, right? People not coming back into work, businesses shutting down. And there's a lot of people carrying a lot of weight for, for that time. And the holidays don't seem to be as refreshing as they have been for most people. Like, I understand the slow get out of the gate, but it just felt like we were trying so much harder to get the momentum back in a lot of different ways. And our clients were feeling it. We were seeing it in different ways. People were getting sick at scale. COVID spiked again for a lot of the areas and customers that we support. So it just felt like December never really ended. It just kind of continued all the way through up until about this past week. We see it in the macro stats too on our, on our pages. Impressions were down, engagements were down. We were seeing a lot more of a disconnect. So that was what we were personally seeing. I don't know what you all have experienced on your side of the house. Yeah, so, uh-oh, he's going he's gonna to talk again. Oh, no, Ryan, <laughs> let, let me let you ask a question. I, I was just going to ask, where, where, where are you seeing it more? Is it on, on, is it on your team side, your client mm-hmm. side, or, or is it more of, a, more of a candidate thing? I think it's all three tiers. I think it's all people. We're just exhausted at this point. And the, where we see it on, our, on the client side specifically is that they're dealing with their employees being sick at scale, right? A lot of missed time very early in the year. A lot of people <clears throat> were out as the, as the data shows. But when we were looking at it from just a, a candidate perspective, it seemed like there was this cutoff that needed to happen and it just never really happened. We never really unplugged for the holidays. So just, I, I don't know how it also describe it, but when I've asked people directly, it just felt like, you know, the holiday season was not as promised. You know, we aren't out of the woods yet. We're experiencing another wave of whatever and then the market just kept going and from a talent perspective and the needs kept arising headcount openings were increasing across the board so we just saw people just just honestly just the reflections of the tired workforce the tired employer side tim i want to i want to dig in a little bit more on that from a recruiter standpoint i know that there's a great recruiter shortage right now i'm putting that in air quotes Mm. for those of you who can't see that um (laughs) What's, how's that affecting your team because of, of what you guys are doing at the scale that you're operating at? Sure. Just like everybody else, it's harder for us to hire amazing people. Right? The competition's insane out there. So our business model relies on having great recruiters on staff to be able to support the clients that we onboard. And we've just seen that increase in difficulty for us. But one thing that we've seen is just when recruiters are trying and working as hard as they are and seeing less and less results, more burnout factors start to come in. So on my side, my lever is how do I try to offset some of that burnout that's happening in real time? So it's created more of the day-to-day management. And it's something I don't think, I don't see changing at all in the near term. Tim, I've got a a question on that. I want to dig a little deeper. So coming up in in March, we've Mm -hmm. got HRTX virtual Mm -hmm. recruiters, Mm -hmm. recruiting recruiters. That's the the topic, right? So you may mention to... You've got to have good recruiters on hand to do that. Mm-hmm. Are you finding it hard to find good recruiters at this point in time? Macro, yes, it is. It is because the competition out there for these great recruiters is intense. And as you mentioned, the, the recruiter shortage, as it can be. I think the, the stat that just 
boggled my mind was that there are more soft or more recruiter openings and software engineer openings for the first time that I've seen, at least since I've been in this space. Yeah, that's 15 years here. So I think the competition for us makes it harder. At the same part is that there's a lot of folks that are just reevaluating their life and their priorities. And some folks in these high stress, high churn kind of functions like recruiting can be making the choice to say, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. So less supply, more demands, more difficulty for, you know, companies that are, you know, we're not, we're not part of the top 12 companies. We're, we're small companies. So we got to fight for every, every client, every, every person on our team. I want to, I want to dig in here and ask a different question. Um, we're talking about people reevaluating things. Mm -hmm. Do you think the there was a New York Times article yesterday about the great resignation, about how it's being overblown. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So take me through that for a minute. I mean, I can't assume that you read the article, but, you know, they they're talking about the the the, the number one um, source of hire in November was the fact that you had record people quitting their jobs. Mm -hmm. um, what but but at the same time, it says. We, we had an astronomical hiring rate in December of 2021. Mm -hmm. Are people reevaluating things? Is there a great resignation? I don't think we fully understand what's going on. It's easy to put a narrative on it. And it made a lot of sense earlier in the year because we we're seeing that, that, uh, that, that trend, right? And you saw the trend continue for now four or five months consecutive, essentially breaking records on that attrition, those attrition records. Um, I don't, I think it's just a reevaluation, right? Because I, the resignation feels like that there isn't, you know, they're leaving companies without the ability to operate at certain kinds of functions. Yes. We're seeing that in, in, you know, McDonald's and Starbucks that I've never seen before, right? We, the, the stores that you would normally think that are going to be open, that kind of level retail, but other parts of other parts of employment are picking up, you know, independent contractor work, the, you know, the gaps for folks providing for themselves are shrinking, you know, through temp labor work. So it's just a reimagining and a reevaluation versus a resignation, I think. And I think it creates, there we go. I'm being <laughs> joined here. One? Salud. <laughs> I didn't hear it, but I saw it. That was great. There you go. But the short of it is, is that folks have options that they've never had before. So it's a reevaluating of how you're going to attract and engage this next level of workforce we got to get to. And a lot of sectors that had never had to worry about it, that were very comfortable with the, you know, seven buck an hour plus up to 15 as it is hiring practices are having to say, wow, we got to compete. What are we going to do? So, and, and thankfully we are, we're positioned on our business to be answering that question right now. So short of it here, man, resignation feels okay. I think it is reevaluation and, and people just got to be more competitive and, and rethink how they're going to attract that next wave of employment. Or employers. All right. So if you're just joining us now, I, I don't know how you fast forwarded this thing about seven minutes into it, unless you're my wife. I love you, babes. Um, we're talking nice with Tempest. Yeah, nice <laughs> wife. I, you know, I, I had to because she she claims that I don't let Ryan talk enough. So I was like, it's like, hey, Allie, like, you know, I'm usually giving shout outs to Maddie. Um, so we're joined by Tim Visconti, who, like I said, at the very beginning of the of the call has a very different business model, but also Tim moved from recruiting forum to, for technology professionals and at the exec level to really working on manufacturing. So he's seen things at a different, at a different scale, at a different myopathy. Um, Tim, what made you 
switch from tech, which is supposed to be the hottest job in the country, to manufacturing, where the great resignation is really hitting us in the stomach. All right. This is where we got the drink, right? So I'll say salute. This is where we got go. it. All right. So uh, the emotional story, and then tie it back into the practical reality. So, um, Brian, as you know on this, but our, 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 our listeners don't, I was having my first kid in 2020. All right. So she was due in June and our business was pure tech, high media, growth consulting, bringing a different model to the market. We were growing like crazy. And then once COVID hit, we lost 95% of our revenue in 45 days. Wow. So it was sole proprietor, you know, business that was shot into the ground and tech sector was pausing on additional spend. We weren't technically a staffing firm because of our different models and different everything we were bringing in. So we were viewed as a consultant. We were pushed out, not through own fault of our own, just simple, hey, all capital is not being reconsidered. We have to remember, this is when the stock market dropped all the way down to 18,000 at some point in time. It was a very scary drop off for most companies and, and liquidity was important. So, you know, we had 2000 leads in our, in, our, in our CRM and it was, what do we do? And I'm not really the type that's like, Hey, let's go, you know, pack it in, quit. This is not how I'm wired. I'm all gas. So I speak with a wife who's nine months pregnant and say, should I go get a job or should I run at this with everything we got? And her decision to say, I support you and go run is why we're here today. So how did I go from tech into manufacturing? Those were the only folks that were picking up. We were doing 2,000 hit leads per week in our business. We were slamming the phone, slamming email, slamming social, anybody that was buying. And we found a, a sector of folks that were saying, we've never had this problem before. We've always been able to rely on temp labor between 15 to 20 bucks an hour, just populating our warehouses, populating our supply chains, filling up our trucks as it is, right? That labor source was then cut because they were told to stay home. And we found product fit for what we were doing in tech at the manufacturing level. Now, how we repositioned it, how we remarketed it is a whole different story, but we found it purely because we got crushed and we had nothing else to do but just slam the phone to find business. And we found some slight signal June and July of 2020. And since then, we've done over three and a half million revenue. We've added on over 15 clients, the long-term retainers, and we're continuing to grow over 200% year over year because we have solved something that we didn't know was a problem at this scale. And I'll go into the model here in just a second, but the salute to the wife, sir, as I call it, is the yes. most important thing because if she tells me to go get a job, I'm getting a job, guys. Let's go, go ahead and call it. Because nine months pregnant, I didn't, we had no income. Again, seven grand a month in revenue from a little over 80, it was, it was miserable. So I, I, know the, I know the pain, man. I, I'm with you on that story and that does, uh, cheers you on that salute. one. Yeah. Yeah. Back in, I mean, short story, and then we'll get back to it. Cause I, I want to learn what that model is in detail. Cause I think there's probably a lot of a listening audience that actually needs your help on this. Sure. Right? I think they, mm -hmm. they need to hear it, but I had a similar situation. 2016 IBM said, pick one, right? It's recruiting daily or it's this mm -hmm. called my wife. She said, go I said, all right, handed the laptop in. And I walked, <laughs> that was it. I didn't ask twice, but, um, yeah, man. You know, I just don't know that I would have been able to make that full-time switch had it have not happened that way. So I'm, I'm with you there. I can connect with that. But to, to tell the audience, I think I think there's a lot of listening audience that is going to be interested in, the, in that story and how to do this. Sure thing. 
So like Brian mentioned, I preceded him at, at RentPath. My, the gig that was interesting though, is that that really took this, is I took some principles I learned at RentPath, right? Which was about talent marketing side and how to approach that. Now we were, I was able to test at scale at Hearst Media. So we had 25,000 employees, 200 different business lines, unique problems. And the idea was, what if we approach the market from a marketing perspective versus a recruiting perspective? How can we increase top funnel and in engagement at levels that we wanted to be able to support those different businesses, different brands, blah, blah, blah. We were trying to replicate what an RPO would do for an electoral organization. But as we all know, that, that term is a, is, is a bad one in the industry. I mean, yeah, I think we were talking about this earlier. It's like, it gets a, a visceral reaction. From yeah. <laughs> and I get it, I hated it too, but the mandate was, we have an insane top funnel. We have to be able to better manage this. So how can we automate processes and streamline features? And what we've done is that we've simply just shifted our, the burden and shifted the perspective. We are marketers that are trying to build tremendous pipelines and experiences for talent and translating that down to the floor level. So what is, what is that practically? It's a lot of tech folks, a lot of really interesting organizations and how we do this. Orchestrations of you know, the data side, the ATS side, the CRM side, the programmatic side, but then also putting that into a way that allows our recruiters to spend more time with their candidates because we're not having to do the insane amount of tasks that recruiters are asked every single day. So in a nutshell, what we've done is just flipped B to C instead of it being customer, it's B to C the candidate. Everything we do is from a marketing lens. And what is the result for our clients? It's high volume pipelines for our candidates. It's awesome experiences that don't hate recruiters, which is nice because it's nice to not be you know, treated or commoditized in a negative way. But what we've done is we've looked at the staffing model and said, hey, we can do something a little bit better. But beyond all of that, it's just awesome people given and doing what we do because we care. And that's the baseline of every single thing that we do in our business. Tim, does that mean that you would rather hire a marketer to be a recruiter or a salesperson to be a recruiter? Because I've always thought sure. find salespeople and, and get them to be recruiters because they're hungry, sense mm -hmm. of urgency. Sure. I, I'm open to being wrong to this. You know, I think it depends on the types of functions that you're hiring for. You have to be very direct. Like if you're going to be hiring high volume, I call it um, forklift drivers, right? It's a very different search than hiring, you know, for software engineers or for you know, product engineers or product designers. They're very different folks. So our job is to hire the right persona to fit into that. Marketing skills and background are really helpful because we start at the top, top funnel which is engagements and click-throughs and likes and comments to be able to drive those bottom funnel activities. But the, I call it the secret sauce here is that my partner and his team have built a really great onboarding program that helps us go from, you know, we have some recruiter savvy to this is the people that speak, right? And that's not an easy transition uh, to be direct, but for us, we're aligning better outcomes, right? We're not hiring per head, which is such a, an interesting concept. It's like, what's your cost per hire? I'm like, we don't operate like that. We're project-based. We're operating on how do we increase the amount of off opportunities that you are going to hire these folks at, at the volume we're looking for. And the result is great people at your, at your door. Ryan, I see you're thinking like you're, you're processing. It's like, yeah, right, where is it? What, what, what's going yeah, on? Yeah. What's going on? 
I love it. No, I mean, I love what you're talking about here. Um, and I can't help but notice off topic, yep. all those books in your background. Yep. Yeah. What are some of those books? No one's ever going to see this video, so it probably makes ah! no sense to end. Well, maybe, maybe we'll post a video on this That's one. That's okay. It doesn't matter. You know, my, minus, right. minus uh, Fink, who's eating iPhone Pro Max. <laughs> <laughs> what are so some listen. of those books back there, man? Well, what right. are you reading? So right now I'm trying to okay predictive revenue is the is the one I'm reading right now because is I'm looking the at shit the, is the shit is the yeah. shit. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how the heck because we've got the marketing and the recruiting side down. We love it. Like we want to change the sales model for this. We want to be able to help bring that in. So how do we satisfy that process? So that's there. But I'm just I'm a geek, man. I I try to do a book a week. When I'm getting some exercise in, I'll do audio books on this end. It's the only way that'll help me uh, to wind down at the end of the night. So you'll see stuff from Simon Sinek. You'll see Plato. You'll see, I got Brave New World right next to me. There's a whole bunch of just random things just to keep the mind going and uh, try to add as much as I can. But for right now, it's all, how do I scale a sales organization out to you know, 10, 100,000 as you go? Yeah. See, Fink, I know you were reading some good books, and we're going to turn us into a book club now. Oh, uh, it's okay. I, I think there should be a book club some, for recruiters. One of, uh, so, so one of, one of uh, my mentors and, and people I've worked with for a long time, but Steve O'Brien recommended Growing Great Employees by Eric Growing Anderson. If you haven't read that, fantastic. I'm about halfway through, and it's amazing. Love it. Yeah. So, and so, I'll be listening to this later. So I'll, I'll take that. Anything, anything you yeah. all recommend, seriously, because I've, Especially if there's anything on entering new markets that are relying on it, because yeah, I'm not a manufacturing expert, right? I was a tech guy for 14 years. That's all I played in. So it's been interesting. What about you, Frank? All right. So so real quick, Batman and I are reading Culture Code. Okay. Um, the Culture Code. It's uh, it really kind of taps into six different types of teams, and when I say different types of teams. Uh, I'm looking at everything from Navy SEALs to, quote unquote, those people who are forklift drivers yep. that are working together at an Amazon plant, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's really examining uh, the dynamics of relationships and what it means to be a culture first organization. I would, I'd love to read that. Uh, it's the first slide in our deck. We, we lead with why. Because in the end, like we, we're, we're responsible for things that you care about, right? These are your people, these are your interactions, these are human beings. So I would love to be able to take a look at that. So Tim, let's wrap this thing up. You gave a ton of fantastic information. People are going to love listening to this episode. Think, I think wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Best. We can't wrap this up. We can't wrap this up yet. What? What do we got to do? You're going to okay, sing? Because, no, I'm, I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to sing. I have one question that I want to ask Tim before you go into the wrap up. Tim, people hit me all the time with, but Brian, how do I find forklift drivers? How do I find manual sure. labor? And I'd say, I say, you go to Facebook because LinkedIn won't work. What's, what's working? What is working? Short Tim, of just it. Tell them the, just tell them the truth, Tim. Come to the me. Secret, the secret sauce. Exactly. I was about to say, it's like the lead in peoplelift.com. There you go. <laughs> Fill out the contact form and roll. Now, I, but I will give you a direct answer. We've actually seen a 30% increase in forklift drivers on LinkedIn because they're looking in multiple sources. Now, it's not the best source. It's absolutely not. I think you're absolutely on point. Go to where folks interact on their phone. Figure out where their these ecosystems, these micro communities are, and you will have exceptional response rates. If you start doing 
the post and pray or the omni-channel spray and pray philosophy, you're going to get the same net result. Find out these, discover who these folks are, take, spend a day in their shoes, figure out where they're at. You'll be able to build a compelling message that's better than 95% of the recruiters out there. You got to end it there, Fink. That was pretty good. That was hot. It's, it's all about you. What, what, what were you? No, I mean, like, there's no, no question I mean, like, to ask there. No, I mean, Tim, Tim is right because like, you know, I was talking to a developer the other day and he said, wait a minute, are you the recruiter or the hiring manager? And I said, I'm the recruiter. And he said, well, how do you know what a prod issue is? And I'm like, uh, I YouTubed it and watched a clip and I know what you guys do is site reliability engineers. <laughs> And he was just like, he's like, that's cool, man. That's all good. But you're not the hiring manager. I'm like, no, I'm just a recruiter. Dude, that would have been the perfect segue to just say, I'm Batman. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, that means it's over. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.